Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. special episode of messianic media where we're discussing our quote one hit wonders end quote basically the songs that we think are the only really good songs from one particular artist or at least there's like one song that is the best of a particular artist yeah or sometimes you know maybe there are other songs that are okay and decent but this is like the one song that i enjoy I mean, it is a little bit of a backhanded compliment, but I think that, <laughs> you know, there there's some value of having those extra loose songs. They kind of add into a CD mixtape or add onto an iPod, you know, on shuffle. Mixtape for me or, or CD playlist. I don't do it as much now because, you know, since I have so much space for storing stuff, I tend to just throw entire albums on and maybe I don't get around it. I do sometimes would pull up an individual song on like YouTube or something like that. Cool. Well, you want to start us off? So the first one is, uh, well, it's kind of a tongue in cheek uh, response to this one. It's by this little known band called the, they were originally called the Oneaters. No, they, they were called the Wonders uh, and they're not a real band. <laughs> and the song is That Thing You Do. And I chose this uh, for a few reasons. Uh, one, obviously the, the whole premise of the f- film, That Thing You Do is about, this being a one-hit wonder band and i like a lot of groups that were kind of from that era that uh the, that the movie is playing around with and the song is kind of it has a little bit of a like the the beatles it's a song that we covered i want to hold your hand like yeah it has like the that that is kind of drum beat and, and like it's a simple love song in some ways it's not really a one-hit wonder for me i like the meta joke of the band being called the wonders when you know the movie's written about a one-hit wonder and you know i think it actually makes sense you know usually when there's movies about uh rock songs or music in general they don't have a ton of original songs because that's a lot of work to come up with you know intentionally you know doing lots of variations of it and you see like the band go through different stages like movies and stuff like that but but never wrote new songs. And I kind of think it's a funny yeah. commentary on the music industry in general. They're not that great at developing something new, but they're good at taking something that's new and then running it into the ground. So basically just, you know, <laughs> you know, instead of letting the band come up with more songs, they're gonna just exploit as much as they can out of the one song, in this case, until the- yeah the band broke up exploitation is a good description of it i also like how the song is structured how it was originally like a slow tempo kind of ballad song mm. where it's like someone pining after unrequited love and then then it's turned into a poppy um song like it's something that i mean that- you can see in it happening in real life and it's you know something i wouldn't necessarily have thought of for writing a song 
Yeah, no, a lot of but a lot of songs really are this way. It's 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 funny. But yeah, so the reason why this song isn't like fully a real true one-hit wonder besides the fact that the movie the fake band is one-hit wonder is that the 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 real actual writer of it is was Adam Schlesinger, the guy who, um from Fountains of Wayne who actually passed away last year. Um and so I actually like a lot of Fountains of Wayne's especially their uh, I think it's like Wel Welcome Superstar or something like that. I think he's actually a really good pop pop songwriter, and he he does a lot of songs that are tongue in cheek. I'll have to check it out because I haven't really listened to. One song was really popular, and I'm not going to say the name of it, but the rest of the songs on that album are tongue in cheek, and uh, and like there's some beautiful little songs actually actually on that on that album. Ironically, Fountains of Wayne might qualify as a, <laughs> as a one-hit wonder as far as yeah. popularity and stuff like that with the thing. But, yeah, but especially for a large segment of the population. I was aware of them because they were on the radio um, with their previous album and then with the album with their one-hit wonder. That's what, everybody, like, pretty much everybody knows this song, <laughs> that song. The song, you know, the thing you do had some limited... Uh, radio play actually i think it could could have been a real successful song like if it was released you know in its era you know it's trying to sound like a previous era's music but yeah it, it works really well i think it works really well in the movie and then it works a little bit on its own like just as a song mm -hmm. yeah that's fair cool yeah so i i picked for my first song song that's definitely um completely about the context and it's the rembrandt's i'll be there for you it is commonly known as friends theme um, mm -hmm. and you know even though i haven't really watched much of the tv series like it's ubiquitous in in pop culture like it's definitely something that you've that you've heard even if you haven't seen the tv series yeah yeah, I like the show Friends. Uh, I was I was in, I had some friends who watched it in high school. Like the values obviously on the show are not like necessarily like great and for in terms of um the uh, like you know following the scriptures. They they kind of they kind of break the 10 commandments a, a bit on that show. Um but I do I do like this song though too. It's one of those songs that, you know, even though it's at the beginning of um, the show like every single episode you know most most uh opening like now on, on netflix you can skip the intro right. but like that's that's an intro that i actually you know i i enjoy listening and watching that and that, i think that's pretty that's saying something but i don't actually i don't really know of any other rembrandt songs yeah <laughs> i couldn't even i i did go and actually listen to um their albums uh there wasn't a ton of them because it was kind of it's like a two-person pop group and they had other solo stuff and things like that so um you know they were all adequate songs you know nothing nothing super catchy um then you know you could tell that they were maybe more talented than than most um but it just didn't have the just didn't click like that and i think i genuinely would like the song 
a lot even without the TV show. And I don't think I, but I don't know if I I would have heard the song ever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. There's. They also added. I mean, there's a second verse and a and a bridge. Um, you know, that's not in the TV show and and things like that. Um, uh-huh. there's, a, there's a hokey music video which is worth watching if you're a Friends fan. They ended up doing a music video after there had already been a few seasons of Friends, so I'd see uh, the members of Friends like joining in on the with the band. Um, at that experience. oh wow, because it's them. Wow. You know, it's mostly them goofing around on instruments. You know, like yeah, not quite air guitar, but like you know playing maracas even or uh, stuff like that and obviously they're it's like not part of the actual song or yeah on the show phoebe does play guitar and ross plays the keyboard or the synth or whatever he calls it it'd be more like here's bonus scenes of the actors from friends but it's fun and i think the tv show is probably popular enough that you know they didn't have to be in the music video i think that's a nice touch for them I really like a lot of the lyrics, but there's that final line where he says, "Cause you're there for me too," and that one, and that one just like, it almost like weakens it, because like at first he's saying, "I'll be there for you," like you know, like like wedding vows kind of like hopefully in a rain, rain or shine, but then it says, "Cause you're there for me too," like the only reason I'm doing this, the only reason I'm going to do it is because you you know you also are doing it for me. Yeah. Whereas, like you know, you get a like a little more stability in my my little friendship or wedding vows. <laughs> that's that's when that's when it gets difficult, you know. Yeah, you could almost say <laughs> yeah. it's like it's a thin. I mean, you, you could have like a you know a dark take on the on the friends thing. Like you could say that it's like okay, well they, it's like you know it's a thin veneer of civilization. There's only so much that's keeping the friends together. I mean, the TV show, like in retrospect, is really is really silly, but it was it was it was fun. They had good comedy. On YouTube, someone did a minor key version of it. Um, oh wow! Like a slow ballad. The next one I'll go with uh, "Whiplash" by Beanbag. Uh, Beanbag was like a like a rap rock group, and they they had an album. I forget which which record label they came out on, but uh, I think I got this song originally on a sampler. And then I bought the album or something. This one song is a pretty good rap rock song. I like. I just love the the lyric. The song's called Whiplash, but then like the main the main phrase is Jesus will never let you go. Jesus will never let you go. And they just they just say say that a bunch of times, and then have some some little rapping and good guitar riffs. Like there's one other song that I can kind of remember, and I found that on YouTube. But uh, this is the only one that I really, like, just, like, enjoyed. And, and like, I I could, I definitely put this on a few mixtapes back in high school. That was my intro to the band. And that was, I think, definitely their best song. And it's fun, which is a good thing. But then a lot of their other stuff really isn't that fun to listen to. They were, I don't know if they describe it as discordant or, like, where they're intentionally trying to unnerve you a little with the the way that, what the music is, you know. Yeah, that's a good description. Did you listen yeah. to them back then? I, like... I, I liked it for a while, and then I haven't really had the desire to go back and re-listen to other beanbag stuff. The chorus and stuff is is fun, like just the the riff and the 
lyrics. I didn't notice um so they threw in Omni Elohim. Yeah. <laughs> I never noticed that before. It's kind of an interesting phrase combining different languages, but you know, omni means many and then gods in plural. So it's saying that like yeah, Jesus or Adonai is the is the many gods, like as in you know, kinda of, I think oh. kind of like the royal we I, I think I maybe I interpreted interpret that as like uh, omnipresent he, he like he's everywhere like he can't be everywhere yeah but you know, that's yeah that that is that's that's in that is a new expression and i have a different interpretation of the song's meaning after reading the lyrics because i i didn't think i actually read the the lyrics you just kind of get some of the words through listening so at first i thought it was about jesus rescuing someone like always you know, parallels to the leaving the 99 behind to rescue the one lost sheep. For me, the first verse doesn't really contradict that. But then the second verse, it seems to be talking about like destroying a demon. The first verse is talking about Jesus rescuing someone. And, the, and then the second verse is like talking about like, Jesus will never let, like won't let the demons escape. Oh, I see. I see. And, Interesting. You know, both of them could work with the chorus. So it could be two different meanings on that but I, I have some i think that makes me enjoy the song possibly more yeah the next one that i have is what initially gave me the idea for this is the agony scenes painted black because mm-hmm. you know i've given it a chance there's one song that i really like and then the rest of them i don't really like at all and i i think i gave it a chance and i think it's partially because i I don't like straight metal as much, and a lot of it falls into that. Um, I do like melodic takes on it, like melodic hardcore, or where there's some singing and screaming, like in this case. Before I had really heard um, the original Rolling Stones song too much, you know, the Rolling Stones song is part of pop culture anyway, so I'm sure it's exposed to it. But I, but I like this cover better than more than the original, even, yeah. you know, and that's not going to be most people's opinion, especially because uh, most people don't like uh, screaming and stuff like that, but I like how their take on the song. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with, with you all about their take on the song and, per- and I prefer this to the, to the original. Um, obviously the, like most of, they add some dynamics and I think their aggressive vocals they're like metalcore um, actually makes the song a little creepier and, and makes the, the darkness of the song uh, like a little clearer, <laughs> I guess. Um, they're, they're, the Agony Scene was an interesting group because they were on Tooth and Nail at one point. Uh, and this was like the one song that like Tooth and Nail kind of promoted. But I don't think they were like Tooth and Nail. Not all the bands are like Christian on, on, the, on the Tooth and Nail label. And I think like maybe one member of the agony scene was kind of like maybe a believer or something like that. But I saw them live, and they were pretty they were pretty dark and intense, like an intense. And I like some metal, but I, I um, they're they have a dark edge to them that I don't really enjoy or like, or and I'm a little cautious about them. It's a good version that kind of communicates <laughs> some of the heaviness of what's what's going on in the song maybe some of the members originally were trying to 
do a Christian band as like maybe like by the time they released it they weren't really a Christian band and stuff like that until I looked this up I hadn't known that they had actually reformed and uh, were doing some stuff more recently I guess I um, had even given up on giving them an, a try so I didn't even know they were still around yeah yeah I don't know actually I didn't even know they had three albums <laughs> I know they had like a one or two after maybe one or two after the this one but i yeah, didn't probably. i didn't really follow them yeah i listened to the two their first two albums hadn't given their third or fourth album a try you know and when the fourth you know i didn't know the fourth one came out which was 2018 the next one i have is uh one time by the band earth suit and i know you're you're a big fan i actually i respect them and i'll, I'll share a little more uh, about that there's another song I had on the compilation, and I just I dig this song, and I can listen to it a bunch of times, even though uh, it's like a repetitive. Like if you look at if you check on the YouTube comments, you know people say, I think he, the guy's just saying one time, one time, one time, <laughs> one time, one time. But uh, like the music and like that's that's going on below, like the lyrics is really cool, and they go through a lot of changes. They mix genres like there's like hip-hop and like almost like dubstep or like reggae there's definitely some reggae and some rap rock that are all put in together with this song and really cool keys and guitars and bass and drums and everything and with like at least two vocalists definitely a christian message and like trying to like ask for the presence of the holy spirit kind of but they do it in like a really creative um creative way so they mentioned like new wine, you know, plenty of new wine, which is, you know, referencing Yeshua and was talking about new wine as um, like the new covenant. I think so. I think about salvation, the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I'm not quite sure what the actual one time thing is about, you know, other than yeah, that's just being catchy, yeah. you know? Yes, same here. <laughs> I will definitely give it to you that I think this is their best song. You know when they did play live that this would be like this would be their closer you know crowd favorite type of thing and from what i heard about the band like that's exactly what happened like this song you know led to them getting signed this was their most popular song at least relatively speaking because the album didn't sell that well they broke up after the you know they were dropped by the label due to poor sales on the album i've always wanted to go and like dig in and i've maybe i've tried it uh, yes, like yesterday when I re-listened to this, I like, came up on another song that's kind of like about Revelation and like White Horse, and that I enjoyed that more like than I did back in the day, maybe 10, 15 years ago when I re-listened to it yesterday. I, I liked it a lot more, uh, and I so I, I want to go back and listen to them. I kind of put them in as like a DC Talk kind of wannabe group back in the day. Because there are times when they sound a little bit like DC Talk. I think they did. They did have other things going on, but I think that got in the way back in the day <laughs> when I when I t attempted uh, tried to listen to them. You know, the sound when it came out in 2000 was definitely weird and maybe a little dated on some of the stuff. I don't mind it as much. What you're saying about like the two-person vocals, um, it really works well on on this song like it 
it's both of them at their peak but then i think that they're struggling for on some of the songs to find parts for the two two of them to sing some of that happened a little with uh with netzer when when we had two lead vocals um yeah yeah so white horse was their was the second song they were trying to promote um i think it works well for what it is is it's kind of a late as a laid back uh catchy pop song now you know wouldn't work as well live i like some of the other songs on that like wonder and sky flash oh, yeah. Like, uh, oh, yeah, i wonder the band mute math that formed out of you know kind of the ashes of this i'm oh, sorry so mute math is a is a really good band it's one of my favorite bands and they do a lot of songs better lyrically they did drop um the direct uh christian allegories with their suit some of the other songs like clever spiritual analogies but maybe it's a little too obvious once you get the point of of the allegory they're doing then you know the rest of the song is is redundant one idea one idea yeah. one idea <laughs> one time one time it's funny they released not a a second cd but they released basically like here were the songs that we were working on um before the band disbanded and so uh -huh. there was one song that was clearly trying to be the same song as one time and it was even called one two three <laughs> okay everybody's at one two three i don't know the lyrics yeah. on, the, on the one two three song like you might have just peaked with the one song and kind of went downhill from there but they're creative creative like definitely a lot of talent in the band yeah. so i think it's worth checking out the cd like even if you don't like it um i think it's it's worth seeing the ideas that they do musically and lyrically at least once yeah you definitely skip the song if you don't like it but it's nice to yeah now i have franz ferdinand which is like the first actually big band that that we have listed i know you have one other solicited but we're actually listening to a song that they do have plenty of radio songs however for me i think that their other singles are too derivative of their same style like they're doing a lot of the same type of songs so i think that the best one they did was their first single uh take me out yeah I, this was a song that kind of like annoyed me sometimes when it was on the radio but actually i do i do like this song uh, i i even wrote a song some a little riff that was probably partially inspired by this i think the best like some of the song i this time i actually looked at the lyric the lyrics and i understood what it was actually talking about um and i'll get into that in just a moment but uh i think the 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 key part of this song is like there's this nice long little intro but then there's that tempo change before they get to like the take me out part of the song yeah. and that tempo change is really cool the way the band takes you through that it's one of the longest slowest like most effective tempo changes in a song yeah i really like the tempo change how this stands out compared to the other songs and then i like the faster section it's a little repetitive towards the end and i think it takes a little it's a little long in the intro or at least with upon realist and i didn't mind it as much much the first time well this time while listening to the lyrics i realized actually that the intro that long kind of annoying intro 
is actually like most of the content of the song and it seems like it's like the guy like sees a girl at a like maybe at a club or someplace and they like maybe make eye contact i think that's the story and they and they want to he wants to go out or something maybe yeah, <laughs> yeah. the music video is, is decently fun i think it was like animated scientific diagrams and like old newspaper clippings so it, it huh. didn't really have much to do with the the content of the song but it was a just a fun looking visual i i don't think there's any deep meaning it's kind of like the apparently with a band choosing the name they just mostly chose franz ferdinand because they like the alliteration and yeah that was like a a king or historical dunk and that they they're like if we get popular we'll be more we'll be big we can be bigger than the than this guy the event that happened to him like he was part of like one of the biggest historical events but it's like he wasn't individually that important or something like that you know or i think this is a good choice though for as a one-hit wonder i think i have listened to a few of their other songs but i can't really remember any of their other ones and this but this one's like you just say the words take me out and you almost think of directly of the song all right so my next one is uh you ain't seen nothing yet by bachman turner overdrive and actually i've i didn't realize that they did have another song that was massively popular, uh, taking care of business. But I still like this song more than the other the others. Um, and this, like, this is a song that you can just like put on a mix CD, and like the guitar riffs and like there's a little bit of humor in this in the song, and the in the delivery, like there's there are a couple different stories about how the lyrics came or the, the vocal delivery came to be. One of them is like the, the vocalist had a stutter. And then the other one was he wrote the song as a joke uh, to like maybe like a friend who had a stutter uh, or to his like a brother or something. And then and then they needed an extra track and this ended up being the most popular. Um, but uh, yeah, this is, this is just one of those songs that like I think musically is just like really fun. And this this time I actually looked closer at the lyrics and I didn't enjoy them yeah. as much because there's a one particular word that I didn't realize. He said, like the beginning is like, I like I met a devil woman and I didn't understand the word devil woman. I uh, I heard, I just understood woman bef- before. Okay. Uh, and, and there may be a couple different ways to interpret it. I don't know if this is supposed to be glorifying the the devil woman <laughs> but uh but uh so i don't like that necessarily but i like the music it is but on the other hand like i i don't think they're seriously it's like talking about like an actual devil woman or something like that i think like maybe he's like talking about a a woman that isn't treating them well or something you know which is still that still has some issues on that um possibly you know you could if you really want to stretch it, you could say that like it's just like it's an enduring adjective or something like that. It's just like a bad woman, you know, or something like that, you know. I met a girl who's not that good for me. And yeah. which works with the lines like, I think any love is good loving. So I took what I could get, you know. Yeah. There's also the line like in the second verse, um, like she took me to her doctor 
<laughs> and then and he said any love is good loving and that's like that i think that one's kind of fun like funny where or, or maybe if it's in jest like like why'd you go to her doctor of course her doctor is gonna like side with her you know <laughs> it's like you know don't trust her you got to go to your own doctor yeah go to the good go to your go to the good doctor don't trust her i can't think of like a a legit explanation for those lines other than than it being a joke you know yeah i think it is a joke yeah um but yeah enjoy the song and i'll actually give it credit as as being a one-hit wonder so i would i would have liked taking care of business but during the 90s i heard the song a lot um during an as uh, part of an office depot ad campaign yeah, that's what it was. You know, it fits in perfectly, you know, taking care of business and working overtime. I heard it too many times, you know, and too much a jingle. So now I don't really like the song. Um, and I would have, yeah. you know, I initially liked it. So I'll still, I'll still give it credit as that's my, you know, this is the one song of BTO that I yeah. really like. Also, taking care of business, like, just sounds a little more dated sounds a little more dated like 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 oh, i think maybe an older generation you know who grew up with that maybe like that back in the day when it was on the radio but you ain't seen nothing yet i think is it's still like it still would be popular timeless i really like uh nine to five by dolly Parton, but it feels mm -hmm. like it's a real dated song you know it's, okay yeah you know in the movie like the movie nine to five works really well in some ways and then in other ways it is really dated okay yeah i don't know that one yeah i know yeah some of some artists you just like it just works for you even though that's dated and you like that it's dated i think for you and i it must be that i guess the office depot commercial that really ruined it for us yeah and i feel because <laughs> i was like I, it's like i heard the song a bunch in, in ad campaign but i didn't i didn't know what it was from yeah now they'll play at like sports events sporting events too but but uh, yeah, I still I still prefer you ain't seen nothing yet. Well, speaking of that, I'll, I'll throw in some honorable mentions. Uh, uh yeah. Smoke on the water, which I think I've heard at sporting events. Um, that's deep purple. Um, like they're a real jam band, and you can even tell them smoke on the water because the song's longer than I'd like. Um, it just goes. This one's a like it. I enjoy the side tracks. It, even if the song could be shorter, um, you, know, mm -hmm. you hear the short version of sporting events, they just kind of cut it off or, you know, I knew it from marching band or guitar, learning guitar, you know, that's kind of the, because it's a real easy thing to learn. Gnarls Barkley crazy, um, which I'll, I'll give it in, you know, the CDs and okay, listen, they kind of, do some interesting stuff but like i think that's the only song that's really catchy i'll give it an asterisk though because the the singer has been in a bunch of other helo screen and has a bunch of other um yeah solo albums or even you know one of those songs that i like and then, yeah i like the rest of the gnarls barkley album so yeah. actually so, but it's really short it's like it's like 25 minutes or something like that they just like they really pack in a bunch of short songs okay go here it goes again i think it's more that i i just like the music video so much 
I like the video more than the song itself. Uh, do you have any extra one-hit wonder songs just to throw out there? There are probably some other ones, but the one that came up that I thought about uh, as I was watching the Bachman Turner Overdrive song, and then I saw saw a link to All Right Now by Free, and that's a song that's my high school played that whenever like our our band or our team scored a touchdown. And I think they got that from Stanford. Stanford University has always played that as like um, as like a as a celebration song, and uh, I, I that's just a great song. And I could I probably if I listen to free, more of the band Free, I might actually like more of their music. But that song, I just knew it, and it's like just a classic. And I I loved that song when I was. Um, uh, just at football games <laughs> so and if, if you can if you can have a song that works well like with a like a, a marching band as well as a as like a you know like a 70s guitar band i think that's pretty cool i don't think i'm familiar with that oh gotcha yeah all right. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've heard that song and it's nice and I haven't thought of that. What's funny is when you said that, I was first thinking of a different song with similar lyrics, but like the opposite meaning almost. So I'm thinking oh. of the song I'm All Right by Kenny Loggins. Oh. Uh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm That's a- all right. Nobody worry about me. The minor, song. Baseball, the minor league baseball team that I worked for, they played that uh, every time the team lost. Oh, that's pretty great. Yeah, that's good. I think I think I think they they use that song in Caddyshack. So. Oh, that's funny. I, that's a pretty funny. That's that's a good that's a good closing song, for for a loss. It almost makes you want to lose. Just kidding. <laughs> oh wow! Did so you want to do your last one? Yeah, I totally forgot about my, my last one. I skipped over it. Uh, Britney Spears, Toxic. Britney Spears have been very popular for a while and then um, had waned in popularity. And this was kind of a comeback song of sorts. You know, I think she didn't have a ton of hits after this. I mean, it wasn't like it was the last one. But yeah, I just like the kind of spy theme hook. I'm not even a fan of like the uh, overproduced, like auto-tune kind of synth voice. And also... You know, there's not really range in it, per se, other than, you know, like hitting some, like the theme notes and stuff like that. But I just enjoy the the song overall. Yeah, this is a funny one, man. Like, I sometimes like a little bit of her songs because, like, I was, like, the right age for Hit Me Baby One More Time where, like, I thought she was cute, <laughs> you know. And, um, and she was, like, not much older than me or she was around the same age, actually. But, yeah, I think she was just a little bit older than me. But I've always like been annoyed by her music, and then this song I didn't like it for a long time because it was just like, oh no, Britney, another Britney Spears song. A few things made me enjoy it. One <laughs> was like when I was in Egypt, I got a little bus taxi ride, and the taxi taxi driver like put the he had this Britney Spears cassette tape and he played the song Toxic. So we were like in Egypt, and it was like this funny little taste of like being back in america i don't you're not like the only person who likes this song where it surprises you 
Uh, and I think it, it might be like the Middle Eastern, like new, 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 but you call it a spy theme. And I think the spy theme also works. There's like the spaghetti western guitar that they also use in use in spy movies. Yeah, the spy spy makes more sense. Um, but then, um, yeah, some some other people like like I've been surprised that that they like this song. And I think the hook it actually is a really tight tightly written song. This is another song that actually when I was looking at the lyrics and the, and the Bachman Turner Overdrive song. It's like uh, another bad relationship, uh, obvi- and it's like pretty obvious in the in the like that's the whole point of the point of the song. You're a bad guy. I shouldn't be with you. But then at the very end, she's like, she's like, so she's like, she's like, I'm. She's just like, I'm addicted to you, and I'm not gonna quit. Yeah. And, and when I was when I was listening to it, I was like, oh man, maybe that's like, it's like a, almost like a metaphor for sin. Yeah, where you see you see things you're like i know i know that i shouldn't go down this path and like but like you keep just focusing on it and concentrating on on it like the whole song is like i shouldn't be with you i shouldn't be with you i shouldn't be with you yeah but oh i like your lips uh (laughs) i like the taste of your lips oh i like i'm drowning in you basically by the end of the song so it's like i think it's a good metaphor for person but it's kind of it's like another another one where it's almost like is it glorifying it but i think i i think i do i do think it is a good song you could interpret it a little bit as a uh, tragic song like especially considering like her career you know like what's happened to her yeah you know and i think a lot of that isn't her fault you know like that's a hidden you know subtext on that like talking about fame like her yeah fame or like what she's been through not that it's the same result but like you know amy winehouse is talking about the stuff that was like destructive and the song's even sadder like when you know like what happened yeah britney spears i felt i've felt bad for her a lot of different times just because you know she's not she wasn't that much she's around the same age and she's just been she was she's been through a lot too much a lot of those kids like michael jackson people who are in the spotlight you know when they were too young Britney Spears was like on the Mickey Mouse Club with like Justin Timberlake, and she just, yeah. I think she entered into entered into the fame and too much money basically, yeah, too quickly. I don't think the song's about drugs. It's like trying to make it sound like it's about drugs, but it's like because it's it's her, like you know, it's obviously not. Well, or you assume it's not. Yeah, could be alcohol, but yeah, it's her. She has a like a lot of cliches in this song, <laughs> lyric-wise, and she like references uh, her other songs. Like she hit, she references "Hit Me Baby One More Time," and that and that was another song that was like, "Ooh, Hit Me Baby One More." Time. Ooh, that's not that's not a good entrance to a relationship. Yeah. I didn't like the early stuff at all. Um, it just never yeah me. I thought of this like a instant um, like a turn the radio off immediately you know kind of thing <laughs> um, yeah and i i, I think yeah. yeah a couple things i mean i think it's also you know the song is is the right length and i do like the extra guitar on that like i even you know it's the same guitar riff a few times it's it's catchy i always i always call them like the surf rock guitar even if it's out of you know it's not an, a surf rock yeah. song um but so I tend to say yeah. that a lot. Like I, I think the look on our 
the new Trees Will Know album, I'd say it's like surf rock on like three or four songs, you know, but that's, that's just how I kind of describe it. But I, I like that sound. Yeah, yeah, me too. I dig it. I think surf rock is probably more appropriate. But then I also, then I also think it like westerns makes me want to yeah. go listen to like, um, like, uh, like the the good, the bad, and the ugly theme song, or one of those for a few dollars more. Or even now, the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. I actually wanted to do uh, Princess Leia's theme as a as kind of a spaghetti western theme. How many people would recognize the theme, Princess Leia's theme, once you remix it? You know. Yeah. Well, then it would be good inspiration, though. <laughs> People think, oh, you guys are so original. I like the song. It sounds familiar, and I don't know why. We do a lot of cover songs. You know, it's like, you know, you know I'm definitely influenced by a lot of culture and stuff like that, but some of the stuff is definitely obscure enough. Like, I think it's like people that haven't heard the original Messianic songs, like, might think those are... Like those are their favorites of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like Bim Bomb, my, my my brother's wife, you know, likes the Bim Bomb, Bim Bim Bomb. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> that's how, that's how she refers to some Shabbat Shalom. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I was also thinking like Trees of the Field and stuff like that. Okay, well, if you've listened this far, then you guy, you're a fan of us. Yeah, we'd like to hear. The one-hit wonders that you would consider, and I'm I'm gonna go jump into that Earth suit this week. That uh, the rest of the album this week. Okay, so I yeah, and I wrote down Fountains of Wayne, so I'll check that out. And I was already writing down, and I added uh you know Deep Purple on that, so I wanted to challenge myself to see like actually is there another song of theirs that I like? But you know not to yeah not in a bad way, but the, give it a it's an opportunity to check out lots of music, you know. Yeah, that's true. It's such a classic. Feel free to write and review facebook.com slash messianic media and also check out our new album, uh, The Trees Will Know album, He Is King. So that's going to be available on Bandcamp, iTunes, well, Apple Music Now, Amazon, Spotify, etc. Cool. Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works.